Hello, this is Non-Working Title, the podcast where we talk about not working and all of the challenges and difficulties of trying to find rest in a culture that wants us to be working all of the time, especially during a global pandemic. Um, My name is Ethan. I'm joined by my friend Kathleen today. Say hi, Kathleen. Hello. Um... Maybe briefly by way of introduction, um, we can say who we are, what we do, and also what we do not do. <laughs> um, which, which is only to say, like, what, what's something about you that is not how you sell your labor? Um, my name is Ethan. I am an Episcopal priest who works as a campus minister and young adult minister um, in province three, um, if that means anything to you. Um, Oh my gosh, this is a little bit about consumption, but it's maybe it's fine. Um, I, I, (laughs) during the pandemic, I've done this thing where I've made these like unhinged orders through Thrive Market, like at the the period when we were like ordering our groceries (laughs) online. And I would just click through and buy, like I gave myself like ample permission just to to get whatever was on my heart, and then I would forget <laughs> what I ordered, and then the package would show up two weeks later, and I would open it and be like, "Oh my gosh, a surprise! <laughs> a surprise! A surprise! Um, groceries that don't have COVID on them." Um, and I did that again for the first time in this new place where I am, and I got to open it yesterday, and I just bought the most the most unreal things i bought the most unreal things i bought a half a dozen packets of yeast <laughs> that's very early pandemic and i haven't baked bread in like 6 years not even an early pandemic i was like we're going to get back <laughs> into this um i bought a quart of lemon juice okay <laughs> um i also bought these like they're like slim they're like slim jims Okay. They're fan- but, they're, but they're like fancy, but they're fancy brand. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The turkey kind. Organic. Yeah. 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 I also bought nutritional yeast. Interesting. Which I'm like, I'm trying to get into my like vegan mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working on that. Also dairy-free ranch dressing. Not sure about that. <laughs> I promise you it's good, but I very much hear you. Okay. So that's a little about me. Uh, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All it right. Uh, I am Kathleen. I am an Episcopal communicator, I guess we would say, and an Episcopal priest. Uh, I work for a communications firm called Canticle Communications. And we have all kinds of fun uh, with our many clients that we are lucky to have that are across the Episcopal Church. So things like dioceses, things like churches, things like individual people sometimes, sometimes organizations within the church. Um, And it's very cool because every day is different. And I see and hear about all kinds of different things, um, which is kind of neat in terms of my priestly stuff. Uh, I do supply work, which I actually 
really, really love. Uh, I am resident in the Diocese of Northwestern Pennsylvania, but I live in Cleveland. So I uh, hang out in parishes in the Diocese of Ohio, Northwestern Pennsylvania and Western New York. Um, and it's, it's super fun. It's like the best part of being, I imagine what it might be sometimes like to be a substitute teacher under the best circumstances. Um, so I do, so I do that too. I know that's not always fun, but people are at least so far, people have been under very good behavior. You're like leaving a note on the counter of the sacristy, like they were yeah. very bad this week They I were, know. and they did not do their work. <laughs> it's so great. It's just like, I don't get any of like the drama or like the hard stuff that they're engaging in. I'm just like, Hey, it's Sunday. Like, Let's mm-hmm. preach. A, let's preach a sermon and like, let's talk about it. And um, and be together, and it's great. Um, again, that's all said. That's when we can actually gather, uh, which is off and on these days, obviously. So, yeah. And I have the um, most interesting experience of the pandemic in that I moved twice during it. So I moved from Vermont to Erie, Pennsylvania, and then Erie, Pennsylvania to Cleveland Heights, Ohio both during the pandemic. So I am like really good at moving and I'm good at moving cats and I'm good at packing. Um, So, you know, if anyone ever needs any tips on that stuff, uh, kinds of tape and packing materials, uh, you know, cat carriers and holders and transport and vehicles, uh, I consider myself really quite an expert. Oh my gosh. Did you move the second time after I moved? Did I it make was, my move in between? I moved in July of both 2020 and 2021. So it must have been just before your move. Yeah. So we were probably moving around the same time. Yeah. I think I Goodness remember that. that. You've like Marie Kondoed all of your belongings twice. Oh my gosh. I know. There's, yes. no, there's no detritus. Nothing. 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 And I'm like, I mean, I was never a big pack rat, but I am now so attuned to it. I'm like, do I want this? No, I might have to put it in a box <laughs> like five years from now or a year from now. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's a really good way of, uh, of, of streamlining your material life. I love it. Um, well, I wonder how rested are we feeling at this point in our weeks? If you had asked me that yesterday, I would have said like F failure, so not rested. Um, I was in pretty bad shape. Uh, Not just, you know, work was just fine, but I uh, am a bit of a caretaker. There's supposed to be now a better term for that than caretaker, but I can't think of it. Um, For my parents and uh, who are older and... uh, they have an aid with them. We are all so lucky that they are in a situation where they can have an aide come in every day. But she is wonderfully, wonderfully on vacation for two weeks, which is well-deserved and she should do. And <laughs> I really get to see how much she does um, by sort mm-hmm. of filling in with some of that. And so it really hit me yesterday. However, I took two naps yesterday and then got nine hours of sleep. So I'm pretty good today. How about you? I'm doing all right. Um, the thing that comes to mind first when I ask that question is like, 
like I had a nightmare last night. You you know this that I had a situation where my ceiling was leaking through to my fire alarm, and so the fire alarm went off at seven a.m. on New Year's morning. Everything has been fine since then, but I had a dream last night that it was raining extensively and like a whole ceiling was like caving in. Oh. And that there was also like there was like a, a woman doing divination. There was like all it was it was also like a, a crazy dream. Um <laughs> but I also I just woke up a little bit this morning feeling like eh, eh. um but I also went to bed really late again, and it was that kind of thing where I was on the couch at like nine thirty, feeling like, "Man, I'm I'm really tired." Yep. I think I could go to bed now, and something yep. in my head said, "No, nine thirty is not bedtime. Bedtime is 11. Mm-hmm. And so I like mm-hmm. fought through the fatigue. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm supposed to still be awake now, and then yep. I played myself by staying up until like twelve thirty. Um. So, I have this thing of when I'm too tired to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Well, it yeah, it was also that kind of thing of like, you know, you're you're so tired, and it's so hard. Like, because when you go through your bedtime routine, you break that tiredness. Mm-hmm. So when you finally get it to bed, you're like, I'm not as tired as I was on the couch. Yep. Exactly. So I got up straight from the couch and just ran to the bed and and took the the tiredness from the couch with me into the bed. <laughs> Miraculous. But it was like, I don't know, I've just been thinking about it all morning. Like what what feels so habit formed mm-hmm. about going to bed at eleven fifteen or eleven thirty that nine thirty doesn't feel allowable. Like am I really wasting two hours of survivor watching time <laughs> on a Wednesday night by going to bed? I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know, I give myself a C. I like that we, I like that you jumped to the grade. We're doing great. <laughs> um, if we can do single emotion words, my sleep word is um, forlorn. <laughs> yearned. Yearned. Forlorn. Yearned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Desolate. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'm very happy that you, um, are talking to me today. Um, and I will note for just a moment that, um, we were neighbors in seminary together, (laughs) but funny, the mode of our friendship was already so digital. Like (laughs) what we would do is we would text each other from next door about what TV we're watching until our TV watching like synced up. (laughs) And we were like, so effective digital communication just as what our friendship was that when we moved apart like literally nothing changed <laughs> true i keep telling people because i'm we're thinking about you know the possibility of hopefully the general convention happens as it as it is planned and i'm like yeah i'll see ethan for the first time in person since 2019 <laughs> but it is it's kind of like well has it really been that different <laughs> i know we're gonna get into person least- and be like Ooh, we don't know how to do this. Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, one of the things that you and I have both talked a lot about over the last two years of this pandemic, pandemic 
plus every other facet of like the collapse of our social, political, economic yes. framework as a society um, is what it's been like to be a church worker um, during this time and both to, to be doing church work and to be doing church work with other people and to be doing church work like for and with and among our constituents um, who are like non-stipendiary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I just want to sort of approach the question, like at this point, two years in, three variants in, in the midst of the worst surge that we've had. Um, I wonder what it's felt like to be a church worker um, during this time and sort of where we are with it now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot a there. Small, um, a, a small, small question. question. Yeah, small question. I think, I mean, we all know. We all know it's been hard. It's been hard for all of us, no matter how we're involved in the church. And I think, you know, as you ask that question, one of the reasons, one of the things that actually makes it so hard is this aspirational aspect of like what the church, this imagining of what the church should and can do in a time like this. Um, And so I think, at least for me, some of my experience of what it's been like to work within the church for these past two years has been this residual that like when this first started coming out, when it was first clear, like, you know, how destructive the pandemic was going to be. You know, some of my first thoughts were like, this is what the church is for. Like the church is going to be here. Like I'm going to be part of that. Um, You know, we're going to be um, these followers of Jesus in mission, in the world, healing, um, paying attention, noticing, responding, and all of these things. And it's not that it is not that we haven't done that. And um, it can feel like I'm falling short of that vision, like we're falling short of that vision. Um, And when I feel that, I feel it really deeply (laughs) and it's a real bummer. Um, And I think, you know, the, the way that that has played out quite often has been in these little sort of uh, sort of day-to-day squabbles of like the capacity that people have. Um, and so like it comes out in, can, do people, can people use computers? Do people know how to use, you know, online calendars and all of these things? And it's like the narrative that goes over and over in my head or has these past two years has been like, I mean, this is the really, like, when I'm in a really bad mood, it's just like, we can't, like, we can't, we can't live up to that vision, because mm-hmm. we don't know how to do Zoom. <laughs> we can't live up to that vision, because we're not willing to learn new things. Um, yeah, so like you, yeah, we can't even convert a Word document to a PDF, like, how are we going to build the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, like, early on in the pandemic, um, I sort of, I, I shared that imagining with you and it really felt like, you know, if not us, whom, (laughs) right? like like whom else feels equipped and has like sort of the, the breadth of actually like workflow and the breadth of imagination to, 
to wonder together, like what a different kind of community, what a different kind of society, what a different kind of meaning making framework, different kind of connection could look like. Because right. um, if, if you even think of it, like just the whole, the whole arc of like biblical narrative, <laughs> it's like this constant like genre shifting, paradigm shifting relationship of people amongst themselves and with God. Yeah. Um, and that's really built into who we are. Um, and sometimes it's felt like, you know, we've sacrificed like the space to imagine for like just making things happen, Yes. Um, which is, it's so complicated, right? Because I, at the end of the day, like there's not a single there's not a single person that I would fault for their efforts to try to make something happen during a pandemic, right? Like this has been so hard and so weird. Um, And part of what I keep feeling is like, you know, like what our communities, what our people like deserve. And I think our craving is like the the imagination that reframes this horrible time, not just as a lose-lose scenario. You know, like online church is hard, in-person church is hard, mm-hmm. but like we're, we're people of possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has sort of felt like one of the toughest strains for me, like sort of always wanting to like step back further and further and further and say like, what are we doing here? What do our people need? Like what's going on? Um and not always finding that we have like the energy to do that even. Yes. You know? Yes. I think that's a conversation that the church has been like needing to have for a long time. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of conversation about like church decline and declining membership and declining giving and churches closing and all this stuff. Um, And so we've been needing to, to wonder about who we are and what we're doing for quite a while. Um, I, I loathe like pandemic as impetus to do that, <laughs> right. um, but as sort of forced occasion to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there for us. Um, and yeah, I guess I wonder similarly, like how, how successful have we been in doing that work? Yeah. Yeah, I think there was this lofty idea early on um, for me that I kept sort of hitting against, which was that, which, yeah, which was, which was kind of silly and also kind of offensive because it was like, let's take this moment of like illness and death and like, (laughs) Mm. and make it into something else. And sort of that feeling was like, okay, this is a time to really get down exactly, to really have that conversation, to really get down to who we are and what's important. And so it's like, you know, yes, Sunday morning is important. Yes, we're going to figure out how to gather, you know, online, in person, whatever, as it goes. But it's like, what's important about that? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we need to focus on? Like, can we focus on our people on making sure that we are offering the kind of community and support and love to our people? Um, in in this time and every time, like, can we really like start take this time and 
think about ourselves in a different way than like, okay, we open the doors on Sunday and people come mm-hmm. and that's great. But like, no, like what, what is it that brings these people? What, you know, what more, what can, how can we take this time and learn more about that? And you did a lot of really good work about uh, with that um, for sure. You really did um, with sort of figuring out ways to get people on camera and on mm-hmm. audio and some just not just regular conversations, but like to take that time and, and really dig in to, to the heart of what's of what makes church. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when you think about that, like that vision of like, we could be something else um, or we could really be something in this time. Like, what do you see? Yeah, I think it's two main things. The first is that vision that I mentioned really early on of, and, and again, I want to say that we have been this in several ways. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that I don't think we have been this in all the ways that we could or should, which yeah. is again, responding to the moment. I mean, just prior, if there's some an, an, at a community like local level. So if they're you know, making sure everyone and all the people who couldn't go to the grocery store are fed, making sure like that is our mission, like making sure everyone is fed, everyone has access to the healthcare they need. Again, we can't do that on a grand scale, but to do that, like within our little, if we're in a small town in that small town, if we're in a city and that's part of the city, um, that kind of thing. Uh, and again, some of us did that, some of us didn't, um, or, you know, and on it to varying degrees. Um, but again, it's like there just nothing felt so like, oh, right, this is what we do as a pandemic. And then you added to it uh, George Floyd and this, you know, real call to show up for justice um, and equity. And it's like, OK, these are like very clear ways <laughs> that the church is meant to show up and be clear about uh, what our values are. So that was like one one part of it. And the other that I really is sort of more what I just talked about, which is like, what is it to be church as a gathered community that calls ourselves St. Swithin's, whatever, what is that? And I kind of imagined that, (laughs) and again, this may be true in some places that we would come to understand how much that was really about us gathered (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that that was about us gathered honestly so that in this time, and this sort of pertains to talking about rest, um, that we're honest with each other when we gather. We don't show up pretending that we're okay. We don't show up mm-hmm. pretending that we're not tired. We don't show up pretending that we're not scared. We show up as we are, and we see the power of that in looking each other in the eye, whether it's through a screen or not. And knowing that God is there and that the other trappings, like, again, I know, I know this is a cliche and whatever, but it's real, like, it's real to me. Like the other trappings don't matter. (laughs) I mean, buildings are wonderful. I'm all for their preservation. Like I'm all for sacred spaces. And in the end, that's not what it is. And so I had kind of, um, and I've experienced some of this in the pandemic, but perhaps not as much as I expected. And now that, you know, especially in the summer when it felt like we were inching out of it, I was, it has, I have observed a whole lot of like, okay, like we're done with that. 
Yeah. And, and that's sort of my, my concern. Yeah. Well, you know, it brings to mind like the kind of funny thing that would happen, which would be that people would go to like, like zoom staff meetings or zoom classes or things would get like zoom staff meetings would be canceled and people would be disappointed. Yeah. Right. Because people were just feeling so disconnected. Yeah. And if, if the occasion to get together was to go on a staff meeting, I kept wondering what it would be like to flip that on its head and say like, we actually don't need to put a task in the, in between us and connection that is obfuscating connection for us. What if we just said, it's actually okay for us to just get together and we want to get together. I mean, also the, also the, the thing of like starting zoom book clubs. Yes. When people showing up and not having read the book. Right. You're, you're not here for the book. I'm not here for the book. Yeah. We just miss each other. Right. We just want to be together. Right. Um, I think that's like long something that I've thought about for our life as the church. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of see ourselves as another activity factory. Um, and, and a lot of the work that we do, I mean, it feels reductive to sort of say every, to reduce everything down to a task or not a task mm-hmm. <laughs> and tasks bad, not tasks good. Mm-hmm. Um, because we do really important ministries that require efforts on our part. Um, but sometimes for some people, I think church can feel like just another activity factory okay. and that the only way to be able to be in touch with one another and to connect with one another is to like, you know, bet your chips on the table. Yeah. Um, and I think for so many people during the pandemic, they were out of chips to play. <laughs> they were out yeah. of chips left to play. And if the only way to show up was to to join a committee meeting that was about an activity rather than about just being with your people. Yes. I, um, as you know, I'm like a huge, huge fan of zoom coffee hour. (laughs) I know that's not like, that's not a widely held view. And, but I like really do actually kind of mourn the loss, (laughs) the impending loss of zoom coffee hour. And one of the reasons I think that I loved it so much is right. There was absolutely no agenda. Um, I would, I'm, I'm a big theme person. So when I was, when I was running them, I would often have a theme or something just to get us started. But I did hear from people um, about how they appreciated that it was different, even from regular coffee hour, because it also didn't hold the same um, like social gathering uh, challenges and difficulties. It, it was more purely in a lot of ways about like, everyone is just here because they want to be here. And the thing they have in common is that they're a part of this community, this church, that's it. Like, it's again, not a committee. It's not a social club. There's not the like corner of people who know each other from here or like people who have small children here, or it's just everyone. Um, and so I did hear from people who are like, it's really much easier for me to feel a part of things and participate in this kind of coffee hour 
And so I do, I think that was like part of where I got to that thinking of like, this is actually not bad. And if we could hang on to this moment of, um, of clarity around the power of just gathering <laughs> as mm-hmm. a people <laughs> for no, uh, no <laughs> quote, useful reason. <laughs> yeah. We're not building something. We're not, you know, figuring something out. We're just being together for a set amount of time. So. I think that's really worth like some diligent meditation on, right? Like just to really let that sit for a moment, like inside of this conversation, but also just in our life in the church, like, is it enough to just gather? Like if we did not have commissions, if we did not have task forces, if we did not have agendas, would we feel like it was worth it, worth our time? just be together i'm laughing because i'm also a big fan of the commissions <laughs> and the task forces yeah. i just think that's different um from the pure gathering as a people yeah so yeah. i mean we've all been in unproductive meetings oh yeah i gotta get i gotta get out of here yes it just you know i've been thinking a lot about like the actual like activity and community of the person Jesus. And it's hard, it's hard to know exactly what happened in between the particular parables and sermons and whatever, and signs and miracles and all these things. Um, But a lot of the story that's told is like this guy having something really compelling to say or really compelling to show that like, taps on the hurt of a people mm-hmm. and the people just gathering around him and following him around. Um, and it makes me wonder like, what's that particular like Achilles heel mm-hmm. of hurt or alienation or disillusionment that people are feeling today mm-hmm. that, that we don't have to like, program or agenda but just can like name and be together in like shared witnessing of that pain yep yeah you know i think like off the top of our heads we can probably imagine what a few of those things are Mm -hmm. um but again like would we feel like it was worth it and enough and like nuanced enough, creative enough, intelligent <laughs> enough just to have people be together. Yeah. Because um, it can be uncomfortable. And I mean, that's like, that was the thing yeah. I loved about Zoom coffee hour too. Like the person that makes people like, oh no, are they going to go off for 10 minutes now about their cat? Mm-hmm. It was me. It was me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but really yeah. like there is that per- like there are all the- that's why we exist to be here for those people. Right. And, and, you know, a zoom coffee hour kind of scenario offered no way to, well, you could turn off that person's mic, but that would be, it would be very clear. That's what you were doing. And so, mm-hmm. I appreciated that too. It's like, right. Like that's what this is. It's like all of us get to be here 
mm-hmm. and get to be a part of this, whether like whether they have gifts to serve on committees, which are really important, right? Like whether they have gifts, gifts to serve in certain ways is like a separate matter. Um, it's an important one and the church would fall apart if we didn't have people with those gifts willing to serve. But, um, but yeah, like I think we... I think we miss those spaces when we're like really, when the church as an institution, as a parish, as whatever, are like so busy, as you say, like just like getting the things done. And I mm-hmm. think what the pandemic offered sort of this glimpse of for me um, was what it would look like if we really allowed for more space and time to just be like, here, <laughs> sit in a room. It's yeah. almost like a punishment. Sit in a room together and just work it out. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can remember like being a little kid and being like, mom, can I please be excused from the dinner table? I'm so like, especially at like Thanksgiving, whatever. It's like, I'm so bored. I'm so yes. bored. The adults are just talking. Mm-hmm. I want to go play. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're an adult and having yep. like a moment just to sit still and to be with people mm-hmm. in an unoccasioned way mm-hmm. is like gold. Yep. So gold. I feel so compelled always by it. I, I think about like going to go sit on a friend's couch. Like there's nothing better to me than going to my friend's house or apartment and sitting on their couch. Nothing better than that. <laughs> and there's so few like completely safe, unoccasioned public spaces to gather publicly mm-hmm. with people and just be on the couch. Yeah. Oh, the, I love that. And I, I do think, like, at its best, church can be one of those places. Like, this is the place where you do not have to have made a friend already. You do not have to be too, you don't, you do not have to be cool to be here or well-spoken to be here or, you know, the, the most interesting person in the room to be here. This is just the place where we all agree that we're going to be together. The couch ministry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think like, at, at its best, like we can say that that's true of our places. Um, and I think that feels sort of more longed for than ever mm-hmm. and, and complicated because it is not always safe to be together. That's also but I think people are sort of, people have fewer gifts to give um, than they did pre-pandemic and, and maybe rightfully so. And maybe we'll never get back and maybe we can't, you know, put the, put the, put the toothpaste back in the tube. Like we're, we're all tired and we know what it feels like now to, to take a minute. Um, I think it's hard to like, I experienced some difficulty with, uh, with professional church people ordained and lay mostly ordained. (laughs) And I, I can understand this, that like, there is something scary about saying that's it too. Right. Like if what it is, is like at its heart, the couch ministry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then what follows is it's wrong. But what can follow is like, well, why did I go to seminary for three years or why did, right? Like what, because if what we're doing here, which is ultimately what I think we are, is saying that like, this is a space where like, your degree, your job, your education, your whatever, like this, this is, this is, that's not relevant to our project here. Um, Again, 
your gifts are valued, but when we're gathered as community in that way, it's we are each individuals in the same way. Um, can feel hard. <laughs> can feel hard in those moments that it's like you're not a convener, perhaps in the same way. You don't feel like you have or are using or need um, this special skill, this special thing like you do to say preside at the table, right? Like it's a different, um, it's a different way of being. And I think it can be a little, I think it can be uncomfortable. <laughs> you all can't see Ethan's face. <laughs> here's, what I'm, here's what I'm gonna say. What a fabulous question to be uncomfortable with. Right. Like what a genuinely appropriate, difficult, good, correct question to wonder about yeah. in your in your late vocation, mid vocation, early vocation. I know that like we have peers who have gotten out of the gate and thought like the work of church is so much different than the work of seminary. What what? Why right. did I go to seminary? Why wasn't I prepared for this? I think it's that's like a great, healthy question to sit with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have gone and learned the things that we learned as like holders and keepers of a church's tradition. I'm not sure that we always actually sit still long enough to ask like, to what is this tradition referring? Mm-hmm. And it's like the ancient practices of convening the people of God to be people together. And so like the holding of that tradition is not just participating in the Christianity cinematic universe because we're super fans. (laughs) Yeah. Like toward the same goal and outcome of the person Jesus and of the apostles and of the early church. It's like, how do we be people together? And so it puts a little bee in my bonnet when like we cross wires about like, you know, sort of like academic appropriation of church tradition and the simple work of convening people. You know, I think like what a healthy question to wonder. And it's like, we're all so tired and church leaders are tired. And sometimes I'm like, right. So, Like, I don't know if this is true or not, and I am not parochial clergy, so I speak from outside. But it's like, if we could let a lot of that stuff go and be like, my job here is to convene, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I have to wonder if that might might be a little bit of a letting go and make things a little... Yeah, or I mean, even like those things as like the the tools of convening, right? Like, you know, we're thinking about this Lenten series and it's like, what is repentance and fasting and prayer and forgiveness and scripture have to do with what we're doing here as a church? Like, what does that have to do with making community together? Right. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Eventually, if you sit on the couch with somebody for long, for long enough, they're going to piss you off. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to figure out how to work that through together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think like, what a, what a good question to wonder, like, why didn't I, why didn't I not feel more prepared? Mm -hmm. 
to bring people together? Why did I not feel more prepared to like rest and find balance in, in my work and in our common life? Well, you know, and I hear, I hear sort of the flip side of that sometimes too. It's like sort of a, um, feeling some sort of grief that the skills, it can feel like the skills that they, that people do have, the knowledge that people do pick up in graduate school, um, that it somehow isn't used. And so it's that trying to fit, you know, <laughs> the wrong size shape <laughs> into the wrong size hole. It's like, no, you're, you know, you're probably not yeah. going to be using your advanced biblical Hebrew every day. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if you can find places to do that, awesome. <laughs> um, you know, that, that one of the ministries that I like love and have really like leaned on um, in the last year, year and a half is the nap ministry. Yes. Um, which I think has a lot to teach the church. Um, but one of the things that she was tweeting about the other day was how, so much theological education is so like disembodied mm-hmm. sort of disconnected from like the lived experiences of people. Um, and talking about how you end up graduated with a lot of knowledge and without a body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has also felt like one of the big tensions in the last year, right? Like got a lot of cool information um, and have really been alienated from our bodies yeah. We don't really know how to attend to ourselves um, or to, to the feelings of this ongoing trauma right. together. Or it would seem to others. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, this has been like such a big and good conversation. I wonder like what hopes we have for the church, um, for what we've for what we've learned um, over the last few years, but also for the challenges that we see ahead. I do think, I mean, again, I think I'm gonna keep going back to my just wonderful Zoom coffee hour (laughs) experience. And so, so again, to take that as one of my takeaways, and I, it's like, I already have this grief over quote loss of it, Except that when I really think about it, I'm like, okay, that's one of the things that I picked up in this time. And that's one of the things that I don't want to let go. And so it is, it comes out even now, you know, when I am at a church in person, like you better believe that I'm using things that I learned in those coffee hours in real coffee hours (laughs) such that they are right. Like you better believe that I am going to spend the rest of my time in ministry um, trying to make sure that I value gatherings that don't have an agenda and that in those gatherings, I notice how sort of some people are feeling sidelined, if they're feeling sidelined, how there might be more structured ways to involve everyone. And so that's just me as one person in ministry in the church. And what I have to find hope in and believe is that everybody in ministry and in leadership in the church has lived through this time and has has all different takeaways. And so my great hope, <laughs> my great hope for the church is that, um, and, and that by the way, is the work of the spirit, right? Is that the church would would listen and, and follow that work. Um, and so that if all of our sort of experiences together um, 
could really make a difference as as we move forward in time. And again, it's those two categories to me of like, how do we show up in our communities and like Mm. really respond to need um, in concrete ways and in ways that may, um, you know, that that are actually sacrificial. (laughs) Um, And then also, yeah, like how do we um, really show up as true Christian community? Yeah. You know, I've been thinking myself about the the question of like, how do we show up in our own communities? Um, and I think it's been like a really, it's been tough, but it's also been a really generous time and spacious time to be like a church worker, especially in the Episcopal Church. Um, we've been able to move online. We've been able to prioritize people's safety. We've had like the breadth to sort of like, take a step back and wonder together, like, what can we be doing differently? We've had some of the space to be creative. Um, and it's not always been easy, but but our time in the last year has been spacious in a way mm-hmm. uh, for, for many people and for many of our, for many of our people too. Um, some of them have been sort of like the bodies that have stood between the people and the pandemic, teachers and medical professionals. Um, but I guess I feel really hopeful that this can also be like a, a new moment of like mission for us, mm-hmm. knowing that the pandemic that many of us have been able to weather um, well enough mm-hmm. um, has, has not been the same for the people who are not part of our churches. Yes. Um, the people who have been able to like serve us and support us, you know, I think like, at the end of the day, even saying like the Instacart people, like the people who yeah. come to the trash, like all that stuff, um, many of whom have had a much more vulnerable time of things than us. Yes. Um, I keep wondering what it would feel like to take some of our surplus time and attention and give it away um, and sort of uh, like alle- helped alleviate. Um, the fatigue of our communities because um, I think we have it to give and I think we don't we don't have to sort of reinvest it into our own systems <laughs> like we don't have to reinvest it into the building back up of our institutions like I think what what you've named is that the work of community is community mm-hmm. um, and not just the building back up of an institutional framework mm-hmm. um, and so I I hope that we can attend to who's had like a much more fatiguing time of this than we have, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important. (laughs) It's a tough line. It's like, it's so important for me, like as, so as a clergy leader, as a leader in a church to, to say, to be honest, right. That I'm tired. Cause again, it's not helpful for us to show up and pretend that everything's okay. And at the same Um, time, I never want to give the impression that anything about my life (laughs) is as challenging as so many of our people um, have it. Right. I mean, I just keep thinking about like, we've been so lucky to be able to go back online um, for church and for meetings. And, you know, right now we're under a, a particularly volatile 
political system here yes. in the state of Virginia. And so oh. it's even been politicized about teachers going back into classrooms um, or wearing or not wearing masks. And that feels like such a more vulnerable place to be yes. than, you know, leading a Zoom Jackbox games tournament. <laughs> you know? Updating a website for a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I keep wondering what it would be like to sort of give away our attention to those things. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, do you have a final word or thought or comment from any of this? I think the thing. Let's go around and also <laughs> one word in deep. Uh, <laughs> one word. I think that the sort of the thing that's just in my head um, as a sort of parting note is that one thing that, if anything, this time has taught us is how important our people are. And so I don't just mean that as our people in our churches, but our people, our people in our lives and um, our people we love and our people that we've been separated from. Um, and I think that, you know, that's also at the heart of, of what it is to be Christian is to fully remember and understand the value of people, of our people, of people we know, people we don't know. And I don't know, but I'm, if we ever come out of this, I'm going to come out of this, never forgetting that. Mm. <laughs> and that the work of the church, again, this is so stupidly simple and yet <laughs> is to love, to love our people. Mm. That's our work. Yeah, you know, I think so often, like, anxiety about church decline looks like this sort of fully abstracted, like, there's people out there. How do we get them? Right, right. Get them here. They're here. They're um, here. Yeah, they're they're right already here. Like, look, they're already here. And I think even inside of me, like, the narrative has shifted to be, like, I, I wonder how they are. Yeah. <laughs> Those people out there who are not here, I wonder how they are. Yeah. I wonder what yeah. they need. Yeah. They don't have to come here, but I'd like to make a place that they needed. We want to give them a couch. <laughs> We're begging you to let us give you a couch. <laughs> we'll just, we'll be sitting on it in case you want to come here. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, this has been so delightful. Thank you for talking Yay. to me. Of course. Um, That's all. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.